So the aim of tonight's training is to help you better understand sleep, how it affects you on a day-to-day -day basis, and how to create a routine to plan around your sleep and to improve your sleep. So we're gonna create a real routine, a real structure for your day tonight. So if you have got one, please grab a notepad and pen, go and grab it now for me, and we will jump straight in. So give you a second just to grab your notepad and pen. Why bother with sleep then? What's the point in, in thinking about sleep? So first and foremost, sleep is one of the, probably the most fundamental parts of health and well-being. right? Really, really important for improving memory, really important for improving cognition, co uh, cognitive focus, working memory alongside long-term memory. It decreases inflammation in the body, regulates our hunger hormones. So when we get a really poor night's sleep, the, hun the hormone that makes us feel hungry, which is ghrelin, I call it the ghrelin gremlin, and the hormone that helps us feel nice and satiated and full, called leptin, call that one lovely leptin, Ghrelin is increased and leptin is decreased. So basically, to sum, sum up that jargon, if you get a really poor night's sleep, you're gonna feel much hungrier and you're gonna be much more likely to lean towards the sugary, salty, high fat foods, things like crisps, biscuits and things, which we know in moderation are absolutely fine, but actually, if we can moderate those foods a little bit more easily without relying on so much willpower because we're tired, that's obviously the best way we wanna go about it, right? Of course, cardiovascular health, we are gonna be more active if we have better sleep and better rest decreasing blood pressure and improving mental health. It goes without saying that our mental health is, you know, it's gonna be poor if our sleep is poor. We know the numerous reasons. It affects patients, it affects our ability to manage stress, it affects our resilience. Mental health is never as optimal when we are poorly slept. So that's the reason why we're talking about sleep tonight. That's why it's probably the first foundation. Now, before we go into the practical tips with you, I want to run you through your circadian rhythm. So your circadian rhythm is this sort of natural cycle of the day. And the way that it works is primarily through your bedtime and wake time, having those regular and sort of set your meal times when, when those are keeping those nice and regular, but also exposure to daylight. So particularly at this time of year, it's really, really difficult to make sure that you are having a nice smooth circadian rhythm because we are not really subjected to much daylight. It makes it really important to get out during the school day as much as you possibly can. So going out sort of at lunchtime, going out for breaks, taking your children to do the daily mile, going out as soon as the children have gone so you can get some daylight in. I'm talking literally five minutes of sunlight can really, really help this circadian rhythm. And what happens is this daylight comes in and it basically hits this little bundle of cells on the bottom of the brain. And this is called the suprachiasmatic nuclei. And basically it's just this little bundle of cells that are really responsive to daylight. And when those cells get the daylight, they get the signal from the daylight, they help us to sort of release hormones at the right time, hunger hormones, sleep hormones. They help us to feel active and, and alert and then to feel sleepy when we need to. So sleep really relies on you getting a really decent amount of daylight in throughout the day. And you can see that for a typical person, certain things happen at certain times. So for example, cortisol, the stress hormone, goes up first thing in the morning to wake you up. And just before bed, sort of nine to about 10 p.m., we usually get a nice big hit of melatonin, and that's the sleep hormone. So a couple of key hormones that are involved. And that is your circadian rhythm. Literally, you'll have a time of the day when you are more active. There will have a time of the day where you have your best focus. You'll have a time of the day where you have your best strength in the gym or your best cardiovascular fitness. Everyone has these different periods throughout the day and it's really, really interesting. So that's the circadian rhythm. It's gonna be impacting a lot of what we talk about through tonight's session. 
So let's get into it because you're not just here to hear you're not just here to hear me talk about circadian rhythm and all that kind of stuff. You want some really practical tips that you can go and implement with your sleep, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to break it down into a few sections. We're going to talk about during the day, during the evening, before bed, and we, then we're going to talk about your sleep space. So grab yourself a notepad and pen because we're going to take down some really um, important points for your sleep. So during the day, what we want to do first thing in the morning, we want to make sure that we are waking up at a consistent time. If some days you're waking up at five and other days you're waking up at seven, your circadian rhythm isn't going to know where it's coming or going. In fact, if you're one of these people who normally wakes up at six, but on the weekend you wake up at nine, it's a little bit like putting your body through this sort of like mini jet lag. So if you ever feel groggy because you've had too many hours sleep, it's also because your body's basically waking up in a different time zone almost. So that's why we want to keep these sleep and bedtimes really, really um, strict. We want to keep them within ideally about half an hour, both ends of the day. If you can, it's very difficult at this time of the year, of course, try and get some daylight in first thing in the morning. Now, if you get to school and you know, you're, you're doing your bits, you're prepping for the day and the, you've got 10 minutes before the kids come in, go and spend five minutes outside in daylight at sort of half eight, you know, quarter to nine before the kids come in. So you can get that daylight exposure exposure. That's going to be really important. Then try and get yourself some extra movement throughout the day. If you have done, if you've been sat down all day, it's no wonder why you're struggling to sleep. You cannot expect your body to get ready for sleep when it hasn't had to do anything during the day. You, you want to be stood up as much as possible. I call this tango teaching. So you're sort of moving, you're using your hands, you're moving around the classroom. One of the worst things you can do for your health and well-being is to be sat, be a, be a sat down teacher, a teacher who doesn't move from their chair. They roll from table to table. They never get up and move. That's not going to be good for any of this kind of stuff. Next one is going to be meal times. Trying to make your breakfast, lunch and dinner as consistent as you possibly can is really going to help with your circadian rhythm. And if you can't get sunlight in during the morning, see if you can get some sunlight in later in the day. It goes without saying that caffeine is a credit card for energy. Okay, Caffeine doesn't actually give you energy. What it does is it masks tiredness. Okay? It works as a blocker on the receptor for your body telling your brain that you're tired. So it's like a credit card. You get loads, you feel like you've got more energy, where actually, in actual fact, what's happening is you're just blocking your tiredness. And then later on, you're even more tired because rather than your, you know, that tiredness gradually building up throughout the day, suddenly the caffeine wears off and you get hit like a truck with this huge bout of of or a huge lack of energy basically so caffeine has around a five hour half-life a four to six hour half-life so what that means is let's say you have a really strong coffee at 3 p.m and that's got 100 milligrams of caffeine in it that means at 8 p.m you've still got about 50 milligrams of caffeine in your system and then by 1 a.m another five hours later you're still sitting there with about 25 milligrams of caffeine in your system so caffeine stays with you a lot longer than we probably think it think it does we also feel like we build up a tolerance to caffeine and we do the impact we build up a tolerance to, but actually it still takes just as long to work its way out of your system. So the more caffeine you overload during the afternoon, the worse you're probably going to sleep. Now, some of you might think, okay, well, actually I have quite a lot of caffeine and I drift off to sleep pretty easy. It's great that you can fall asleep easily, but it's still likely to be affecting your sleep quality. So yes, you're falling asleep, okay, but if you're waking up, if you're constantly popping to the loo, if you're having really funky dreams, if you're just waking up feeling groggy, it's probably because you're drinking too much caffeine in the afternoon. So cut it out after lunchtime and I can promise you it's, it's going to start to help. Hydration is really important. If you're really thirsty, the body's going to find it hard to regulate your temperature and that's really important for sleep as well. So that's the daytime. Those are the things that we need to consider when it comes to sleep during the day. Second thing we want to be thinking about is your evening routine, okay? So when we come home, what do we do at that point? 
first things first, we want to make sure that we're not eating too early and too late. If you come in, you have dinner at six o'clock and you're going to bed at 10 and you're hungry, that can really impact sleep. Some people do really, really well on a little snack before bed as well. You might, you might be one of those people. Or you might be, you know, getting home from a club or gym or something at like 9.30, trying to eat and then trying to go to bed straight away. And you might feel uncomfortable. Your body might not respond very well to a very late meal. So eat your dinner at a time that suits you and your digestive system as, as well as you possibly can. Next thing then is going to be to plan and prepare for the next day. If you're going to bed and you've got loads on your mind, you haven't sorted your bag out, you haven't sorted your lunch out, you are going to have loads and loads of thoughts rattling around your brain. It's going to be really hard to drift off when the next day is basically being left to chance. It's like going into the next morning with your eyes closed and your fingers crossed. If you don't plan and prep for it, you're not going to be able to make sure that you're successful the next day and therefore it's going to impact your sleep. If you're someone who gets in a naps, try to minimize that to one 20 minute nap. Try not to nap any later than sort of 5 p.m. if you can. Have a clear bedtime. So many teachers that I talk to will get to about half nine, 10, and sort of still be working or still be you know, scrolling TikTok, looking at videos of cats playing piano or whatever it is. You know, people get really distracted by their phones and it gets to like half 11, you know, quarter to 11, half 11, they're sort of like, oh, you should go to bed now. And then another night, they'll be absolutely knackered and they'll be falling asleep at half past eight. So your circadian rhythm that we mentioned at the start doesn't know where it's, whether it's coming or going. It doesn't know when it's supposed to feel tired and when it's supposed to feel alert. So make sure that that is embedded. Have a clear t- bedtime routine. You know, what do you do? Do you take your makeup off, clean your teeth, wash your face? What order do you do, you do it in? Do you read a book? Do you do some journaling? What's your wind down routine? The big, big, big one that I think we can all probably, we have all heard, but none of us want to believe it's true because it's it's a bit of an awkward one, is the screen time. In the screens that we're looking at right now, mine have got nighttime mode, so they've had the blue light taken out, so they look a bit more orangey. But your screen on your device, if you don't have nighttime mode on, has blue light in the spectrum of light that it, that it emits. That blue light can impact on your ability to regulate melatonin. Melatonin is your sleep hormone. So basically screen time means that you're likely to not get the sleep hormone and therefore keep yourself awake. What it also does because of how much of a big dopamine hit scrolling Instagram and TikTok and stuff gives you is keeping your brain alert. It's got colors, it's got sounds, it's got funny things, it's got, you know, bad news. So it's spiking your stress hormone, you know, it's doing all these sorts of things and it's giving you little hits of dopamine. So that's basically the opposite of what you want to do. That's what you want in the daytime to keep your circadian rhythm flowing, to keep you feeling alert and with it, not what you want to do 10 minutes before bed. I know you don't want to hear it, but put your phone in another room, put your charger across the room and charge it over there. Put your alarm on loud, put your phone under a pile of books underneath your bedside table. So you're not tempted, put a book on your bed, put a book in your pillows so when you get into bed your activity is to read the book your activity isn't to scroll on instagram finally minimize alcohol goes without saying we sometimes use alcohol as a bit of a sedative it's obviously a depressant as well but we can use alcohol to sort of send us off for a good night's sleep you might drift off really well but actually the sleep quality is going to be really really poor you're not going to be able to get to those deeper levels of sleep if you are constantly um, using alcohol to drift off Finally, when we have had our evening routine, I'm just going to get the comments up, guys. When we have the, have had the evening routine and we are starting to get into bed, we're starting to get ready for sleep, we're going to want to make sure that we are drifting off, off as optimally as possible. So I've got a few different things that you can do to make sure that you are um, drifting off as well. But before we talk about that, I just want to talk about your bedroom and your sleep space. Let me just scroll down for a second. Okay, 
Awesome. If you guys have got any questions, chuck them in the comments below and I will get back to you um, on those ones. So your bedroom, what should your bedroom be like? How should it be set up? First and foremost, I want you to imagine how people 2000 years ago would have slept. They would have been outside in the fresh air. It would have been cool. It would have been dark. They wouldn't have had any phones, right? It would have been nice and calm and quiet. That's pretty much how we want to create our sleep space. We want to make sure that our bedroom is a nice, cool temperature, as dark as we can possibly get it, minimal noise, minimal lights, TVs in the bedroom are probably one of the worst things that we can do because you know, even if it's got the big red light at the bottom that's sort of shining in your face as you're trying to sleep, these things, are, you know, we don't want them. The last thing we want is someone next to us to be on their phone or someone next to us watching TV. And this is where we get into the awkward bit where you might need to have a conversation with someone and say, actually, I'm trying to really improve my sleep at the moment. Can you help me out by stop doing this or, or starting to do this instead? And again, you know, having that conversation, people might, people might not see it the way you see it, but it's really important that you do have that conversation at some point. So minimal noise, fresh air, open window, clean, comfy bedding sounds so obvious, but it's really important. How nice is it to have a shower and then get into clean, you know, a clean bed? Really, really, really lovely for drifting off for a nice night's worth of sleep. Having a warm shower before, this is an interesting one. So what happens is when you get into the first stage of sleep, so there are four stages, when you get into the first stage of sleep, your body temperature and into stage two, your body temperature starts to come down. If you have a nice warm bath or a nice warm shower before and you get out into quite a cool room, your body temperature is going to start coming down naturally. Then when you get into bed, it's going to continue coming down and that can really help you drift off to sleep. There's some awesome evidence as well around lavender. So not the lavender scented stuff, the artificial stuff, the actual lavender essential oils. Try spraying that on some of your pillows or, you know, on, on a handkerchief or something and having that with you when you sleep. Make sure it's the proper lavender stuff. Then once you're in bed, if you're struggling to sleep or you're just wanting to drift off really, really well, there's a few things that we can do. So you could do a body scan. So this is a physical checking with how you're feeling. It calms you down. It takes your focus away from work and away from other things. And you can just focus on the body and calming down. It will calm down your breathing rate. It will bring your blood pressure down and it will bring your heart rate down. Three things that we want to do when we're trying to drift off to sleep. So we can have a physical check-in. Start at the feet and almost imagine sort of scanning up your feet feeling the muscles in each part of your body relax as you scan up. So your feet, into your into your calves, into your upper legs, into your glutes, that's your, that's your bum, um, up into your lower back, up into your stomach, and sort of, you know, so on and so forth. The next thing that we can do is a focus activity. So we can think about a ball of sunlight, and again, we can start at the top of the head here, and we can imagine that ball of sunlight moving down through the body. If you're... Um, Wondering, you could get the Calm app to help you with things like this or the Headspace app. Those are all really, really good. We could do some breathing activities. We could do box breathing. So four seconds in, one second hold, four seconds out, one second hold. That can work really well. Some people do four, 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 four. So four seconds in, four seconds hold. But you need some really good lung capacity to get to that point. So you might just want to break it down a little bit beforehand. You can clear your mind. Something that I hear a lot from teachers is that they wake up in the night with things on their mind or they've just got too much buzzing around their mind. They can't get rid of it, right? They can't clear their mind. What I would suggest would be to grab a piece of paper and just mind dump everything. Keep writing until you've got no more ideas ready to come out. You've completely cleared your mind onto that piece of paper. This will help your body and your, sorry, your brain realize, actually, I don't need to keep reminding this person of this. It's out, it's on a piece of paper, it's there. I can now rest easy, basically. One of the things that happens is that the stress and the to-do list and the pressure of the day is a threat. 
it's a threat to the brain and the brain likes to draw attention to threats. So when you've got a big to-do list, the brain's constantly reminding you of the things that you need to do. And if you're in a light stage of sleep, which we are every now and then during the night, the brain's gonna be starting to become more active. It's gonna remind you of your to-do list and it's gonna wake you up. Or even worse, it's gonna stop you going to sleep in the first place. So just bear that in mind for me when you are thinking about improving your drifting off to sleep, okay? Next one, keep your sleep state um, consistent, sorry. So your sleep, your environment, keep it consistent, okay? We don't want to be sort of rolling around and shuffling too much. Find a position that you're comfortable in and try and and stay in that position, okay? There are loads of other things. We can go go on about this all day. You can think about breathing, you can think about meditation, using music, using headspace, loads and loads of different things that we can do to help us drift off. Finally, all I want to say is thank you very much for joining me today. If you've got any questions about sleep or the sleep foundation, please let me know. Drop the questions below this video and I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Very, very pleased I managed to squeeze that one into just over 15 minutes. There was a, a lot of information in that one, but make sure you go through this, write down a couple of changes that you do want to make to your sleep routine and I'll see you very, very soon. Yeah.